Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And as always, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, we are coming up on the end of our seven-step sales process, and I'm really thankful to you guys that have been along for the ride because this content, if you can apply it day in and day out, can make a huge difference in the way that you and your team sells. So with that in mind, I want to just go back and recap the first six steps that we've talked about before we jump into today's conversation. Weeks and weeks ago, we started with step one in our sales process, which is greeting. The first thing we want to do is greet the customer in a way that starts to build trust and rapport and makes them feel really comfortable with us. After that, we move on to step two, which is understanding their problem. This takes time. We have to ask good questions. We have to listen really well because at the heart of every customer situation is an internal problem that's causing them to come to us. Now, that naturally moves into step three of the sales process, which is advise a solution. And this is when, because we understand the customer's problem, we're able to recommend a solution that's perfect for them, that gets them really excited to move ahead. After that, we go to step four, which is make a plan. This is when we're going to carve out a one, two, three pattern that if the customer follows these steps, their problem will be solved. The key with the plan is it's got to be crystal clear and the customer has to really understand if they follow these steps, their problem is going to be solved. Step five is the call to action. This is when we ask the customer to take action on whatever step one of the plan is. And once they've completed step one, we ask them to take action on step two and then step three until the point of a sale. This is something that we can't be afraid of. We got to ask confidently. And if this really is the solution to the customer's problem, we have a good chance that they're going to move ahead with us. Now, in last week's conversation with Adam Cribb, we hit step six in the sales process, which is pursuit, which is where we follow up on every opportunity systematically. Now, this is low-hanging fruit, and a lot of salespeople don't do it. So follow-up is one of those things that if you can implement a systematic process over and over and over again, this can make a huge difference for you as a salesperson and make you a ton of money as well. Now, All of those steps bring us to today, which is step seven in the sales process, and that step is gratitude. After the customers purchase from you, you want to show them gratitude, and there's so many ways to do this, and I just, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Tim Rethlake. He's been one of our most popular guests, and I felt like, who better to be the crown jewel on the seven-step sales process than a conversation with TR about gratitude? So I can't wait to get into that conversation, but as promised last season and teased out a little bit earlier this season, I said there was a huge announcement that I would have in season three, and today you're going to be able to get to hear that. So for the last year and a half to two years, I've been traveling around the country talking with dealers and manufacturers and distributors about how we can make it easier to buy from us. And in particular, I've been talking a lot about digital marketing and website strategy because I feel like this is something where there is a ton of opportunity out there and frankly, most businesses are missing the mark. So about halfway through today's interview, we'll pause the interview and I'll share a little bit 
bit about what I've been working on, but if you want to get a sneak peek of it while the episode's playing, you can go to www.yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. That's yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. I can't wait to share the rest with you. We'll do it about halfway through this episode. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy my conversation about gratitude with Tim Rethlin. And joining me all the way from Minneapolis once again is return guest to the show, Tim Rethlake. And Tim, I, you know, this man needs no introduction. You've been on this podcast multiple times. You've graced us with your presence. And I'm, I'm thankful that you're here again. Thanks for coming on board today. Well, it's good to be here. And I'm, I'm kind of getting to worry a little bit about overexposure here now. So not sure. I'm, I'm not worried about that because people write in literally from all over the country wanting more Tim Rethlick. So I, I will let you know when we get to the point of overexposure. But I, I feel like you know, it's it's amazing that this season we've gone through the seven steps of our retail sales process, and I feel like who better than you to have on to, to be the capstone to this. So, so far in this in this season, we've talked about the seven steps. So step one being greeting. How do you greet a customer? How do you start to build that rapport? Step two, understand their problem. You know, unless we understand their problem, there's no way that we can move into step three, which is advise a solution. Once we have understood their problem, we've advised a solution. After that, we have to make a plan, show them the next steps to take in order to do business with us. And then finally, we call them to action. Now, last week, we talked with Adam from the Fireside Hearth and Home Stores out in Minneapolis, and we talked about step six, which is pursuit. How do we pursue the job, follow up on it, make sure that we are staying on top of it? Because if customers don't buy right away, they get busy, they get distracted. It's up to us as salespeople to make sure that we're following through. And that brings us to today, which is the last step in our sales process, and that step is gratitude. But before we talk about gratitude in strictly a sales context, TR, I'm, I'm so thankful to have you on board here because I want to talk with you about how gratitude plays out in your personal life and why does having a heart of gratitude set you up personally for bigger and better things? Yeah, great great opening question, Tim. And, and it's... Um... <clears throat> when I was flying out here, not not this trip, but a couple trips ago, uh, I was going on my favorite airline, Delta, and walking on, and the flight attendant said, hey, how you doing? And I said, always great. And she goes, oh, you're one of those. And she kind of laughs a little bit. And I said, yes, I am. And, and so then she, she came back and talked to me. She goes, you know, you got to have a bad day once in a while, right? And I said, no, you, you don't. Um, you, you the, the bad things happen during the course of a day that happens to everybody it's called life right but the key is you you don't let you don't let bad things end up making a bad day and i heard this analogy that i just loved uh read it read it a few months ago that if you were standing at your desk and you had $86,400 in cash Tim. I don't work at HHT, so I don't have that much you know, sitting at my desk. <laughs> well, we don't we don't either. But if you did, let's say you hit the lottery and you had eighty six thousand four hundred in cash on your desk, and somebody walked by and picked off a ten and started running away, how long would you chase them? Right. And the the reason I love that analogy because that eighty six thousand four hundred that's how many seconds we have in a day. Mm. And sometimes if somebody takes 10 seconds out and they cut us off in traffic or they say something rude to us, yeah. for some people, they'll throw the whole 86,390 seconds away and make a bad day out of that. Yeah. 
you know, and a, a logical, rational person wouldn't chase them too far down the street for that 10. Yeah. Right. And so I think the difference is, do you have an abundance mentality or a scarcity mentality? That's a, that's a Covey, as you, we've talked about Covey so much on your podcast yeah. in the past, but that's a, that's a, that's another Covey, uh, affirmation is to have, have an, an abundance mentality that there's plenty to go around. And that leads you, I think, a little bit to having automatically just having a, an attitude of gratitude, as the corny old saying sure. always went. But it, it is a mindset. And and the one thing that I think it's important that we, we talk about in this is that some people think that gratitude is the final step of the sales process. And hopefully we'll make a case today that gratitude gets peppered throughout the entire sales process. Yeah. Sure, sure, it culminates in thanking them for a sale. But there's time to show gratitude through the whole process. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And, you know, the abundance mentality for me is like really a hot button. And I've talked a little bit in the past in the podcast that one of one of my foundational pillars of the whole idea behind this is that there is enough to go around. And and I'm I'm going to quote two presidents of companies who will remain nameless, but you know one of them very well. The one that you know very well looked at the industry and said, we are trying to grow the industry and we are after our fair share. The other president said, I want people to lose that don't buy from me. And I asked the question, which one of those companies is positioning themselves with an abundance mentality to grow versus which one is trying to hold on to everything and it's slipping through the cracks? Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty stark contrast in philosophy. Yeah, it really is, and and it goes back to it, this isn't even on my list of questions, but it goes back to the idea that I, I think that gratitude does something to you that can set you up for more. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into what this can look like as we talk about this in the conversation. But I just want to preface this: when you meet someone that's got like a gracious heart, you you want to be with them, you want to start to do life with them, you want to buy from them, like. There's something about it that's infectious. We'll kind of table this and get there in a second. But as I've known you for a number of years now, Tim, you're someone that has struck me as having a gracious heart. I, I, In particular, I've got two thank you cards on my desk that you have personally written and sent to me, one of which was about five years ago and one of which was about three years ago. And it really meant something that, that to the point where like, I, I don't throw them away. They're on my desk. And it's just a few sentences that you wrote me. It, this That's done something to me. And I... I think it's actually true for our customers. A lot of people say like, well, I don't have time for handwritten cards. You know, it's the digital age now. But I, I think there's some weight to handwritten cards, isn't there? There there, there for sure is. And and I used to say handwritten notes were becoming a lost art. Now I say they are a lost art. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it's, and and it, when I travel and talk to customers, I get the same sort of lame excuse as you get, right? It's about, well, it takes so long. Well, yeah, you're right. It does. If you, if you start from scratch, it takes about two minutes, right? <laughs> and if you, if you pre-stamp and pre-return address your envelopes, you. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And as always, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. 
Now, we are coming up on the end of our seven-step sales process, and I'm really thankful to you guys that have been along for the ride because this content, if you can apply it day in and day out, can make a huge difference in the way that you and your team sells. So with that in mind, I want to just go back and recap the first six steps that we've talked about before we jump into today's conversation. Weeks and weeks ago, we started with step one in our sales process, which is greeting. The first thing we want to do is greet the customer in a way that starts to build trust and rapport and makes them feel really comfortable with us. After that, we move on to step two, which is understanding their problem. This takes time. We have to ask good questions. We have to listen really well because at the heart of every customer situation is an internal problem that's causing them to come to us. Now, that naturally moves into step three of the sales process, which is advise a solution. And this is when, because we understand the customer's problem, we're able to recommend a solution that's perfect for them, that gets them really excited to move ahead. After that, we go to step four, which is make a plan. This is when we're going to carve out a one, two, three pattern that if the customer follows these steps, their problem will be solved. The key with the plan is it's got to be crystal clear and the customer has to really understand if they follow these steps, their problem is going to be solved. Step five is the call to action. This is when we ask the customer to take action on whatever step one of the plan is. And once they've completed step one, we ask them to take action on step two and then step three until the point of a sale. This is something that we can't be afraid of. We got to ask confidently. And if this really is the solution to the customer's problem, we have a good chance that they're going to move ahead with us. Now, in last week's conversation with Adam Cribb, we hit step six in the sales process, which is pursuit, which is where we follow up on every opportunity systematically. Now, this is low-hanging fruit, and a lot of salespeople don't do it. So follow-up is one of those things that if you can implement a systematic process over and over and over again, this can make a huge difference for you as a salesperson and make you a ton of money as well. Now, All of those steps bring us to today, which is step seven in the sales process, and that step is gratitude. After the customers purchase from you, you want to show them gratitude, and there's so many ways to do this, and I just, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Tim Rethlake. He's been one of our most popular guests, and I felt like, who better to be the crown jewel on the seven-step sales process than a conversation with TR about gratitude? So I can't wait to get into that conversation, but as promised last season and teased out a little bit earlier this season, I said there was a huge announcement that I would have in season three, and today you're going to be able to get to hear that. So for the last year and a half to two years, I've been traveling around the country talking with dealers and manufacturers and distributors about how we can make it easier to buy from us. And in particular, I've been talking a lot about digital marketing and website strategy because I feel like this is something where there is a ton of opportunity out there and frankly, most businesses are missing the mark. So about halfway through today's interview, we'll pause the interview and I'll share a little bit about what I've been working on, but if you want to get a sneak peek of it while the episode's playing, you can go to www.yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. That's yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. I can't wait to share the rest with you. We'll do it about halfway through this episode, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy my conversation about gratitude with Tim Rethlake. And joining me, 
all the way from Minneapolis once again as return guest to the show, Tim Rethlake. And Tim, I, you know, this man needs no introduction. You've been on this podcast multiple times. You've graced us with your presence, and I'm, I'm thankful that you're here again. Thanks for coming on board today. Well, it's good to be here, and I'm, I'm kind of getting to worry a little bit about overexposure here now, so not sure. I'm, I'm not worried about that because people write in literally from all over the country wanting more Tim Rethlick. So I, I will let you know when we get to the point of overexposure. But I, I feel like, you know, it's it's amazing that this season we've gone through the seven steps of our retail sales process. And I feel like who better than you to have on to, to be the capstone to this. So, so far in this in this season, we've talked about the seven steps. So step one being greeting. How do you greet a customer? How do you start to build that rapport? Step two understand their problem. You know, unless we understand their problem, there's no way that we can move into step three, which is advise a solution. Once we have understood their problem, we've advised a solution. After that, we have to make a plan, show them the next steps to take in order to do business with us. And then finally, we call them to action. Now, last week, we talked with Adam from the Fireside Hearth and Home Stores out in Minneapolis, and we talked about step six, which is pursuit. How do we pursue the job, follow up on it, make sure that we are staying on top of it? Because if customers don't buy right away, they get busy, they get distracted. It's up to us as salespeople to make sure that we're following through. And that brings us to today, which is the last step in our sales process, and that step is gratitude. But before we talk about gratitude in strictly a sales context, TR, I'm I'm so thankful to have you on board here because I want to talk with you about how gratitude plays out in your personal life and why does having a heart of gratitude set you up personally for bigger and better things? Yeah, great great opening question, Tim, and and it's... um... <clears throat> when I was flying out here, not not this trip, but a couple trips ago, uh, I was going on my favorite airline, Delta, and walking on, and the flight attendant said, hey, how you doing? And I said, always great. And she goes, oh, you're one of those. And she kind of laughs a little bit. And I said, yes, I am. And, and so then she, she came back and talked to me. She goes, you know, you got to have a bad day once in a while, right? And I said, no, you, you don't. Um, you, you the, the bad things happen during the course of a day that happens to everybody it's called life right but the key is you you don't let you don't let bad things end up making a bad day and i heard this analogy that i just loved uh read it read it a few months ago that if you were standing at your desk and you had $86,400 in cash Tim. I don't work at HHT so I don't so, have that much you know <laughs> sitting at my desk. <laughs> well, we don't we don't either, but if you did, let's say you hit the lottery and you had 86,400 in cash on your desk and somebody walked by and picked off a 10 and started running away, how long would you chase them, right? And the the reason I love that analogy because that eighty six thousand four hundred that's how many seconds we have in a day, mm. and sometimes if somebody takes ten seconds out and they cut us off in traffic or they say something rude to us, yeah. for some people they'll throw the whole eighty six thousand three hundred ninety seconds away and make a bad day out of that. Yeah, you know, and a, a logical, rational person wouldn't chase them too far down the street for that ten. Yeah, right. And so I think the difference is, do you have an abundance mentality or a scarcity mentality? That's a, that's a covey, as you, we've talked about covey so much on your podcast yeah. in the past. But that's a, that's a, that's another covey, uh, affirmation is to have, have an, an abundance mentality that there's plenty to go around. And that leads you, I think, a little bit to having, automatically just having a, an attitude of gratitude as the corny old saying sure. always went, but it, it is a mindset. And, 
And the one thing that I think it's important that we, we talk about in this is that some people think that gratitude is the final step of the sales process. And hopefully we'll make a case today that gratitude gets peppered throughout the entire sales process. Yeah. Sure, sure. It culminates in thanking them for a sale, but there's time to show gratitude through the whole process. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. And, you know, the abundance mentality for me is like really a hot button. And I've talked a little bit in the past in the podcast that one of one of my foundational pillars of the whole idea behind this is that there is enough to go around. And and I'm I'm gonna quote two presidents of companies who will remain nameless, but you know one of them very well. The one that you know very well looked at the industry and said, We are trying to grow the industry and we are after our fair share. The other president said, I want people to lose that don't buy from me. And I asked asked the question, which one of those companies is positioning themselves with an abundance mentality to grow versus which one is trying to hold on to everything and it's slipping through the cracks? Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty stark contrast in philosophy. Yeah, it really is. And and it goes back to this isn't even on my list of questions, but. It goes back to the idea that I, I think that gratitude does something to you that can set you up for more. And we're going we're gonna to dive into what this can look like as we talk about this in the conversation. But I just want to preface this. When you meet someone that's got like a gracious heart, you, you want to be with them. You want to start to do life with them. You want to buy from them. Like there's something about it that's infectious. We'll kind of table this and get there in a second. But as I've known you for a number of years now, Tim, you're someone that has struck me as having a gracious heart. I, I, in particular, I've got two thank you cards on my desk that you have personally written and sent to me, one of which was about five years ago and one of which was about three years ago. And it really meant something that, that to the point where like, I, I don't throw them away. They're on my desk. And it's just a few sentences that you wrote me. It, this That's done something to me. And I think it's actually true for our customers. A lot of people say like, well, I don't have time for handwritten cards. You know, it's the digital age now. But I, I think there's some weight to handwritten cards, isn't there? There, there, there for sure is. And, and I used to say handwritten notes were becoming a lost art. Now I say they are a lost art. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it's, and, and it, when I travel and talk to customers, I get the same sort of lame excuse as you get, right? It's about, well, it takes so long. Well, yeah, you're right. It does. If you, if you start from scratch, it takes about two minutes, right? <laughs> and if you, if you pre-stamp and pre-return address your envelopes, you can do one in about a minute and a half. So yeah, I, I can see why it would take, you know, nobody has two minutes laying around in their life. Uh, or I'll hear, uh, well, my handwriting is so bad. And I said, well, that's because you don't write, which is a BS excuse. So yeah. I said, practice, practice handwriting, get better. That's not a good enough excuse. Uh, I've had people say, "Well, my my company doesn't doesn't give us uh, logoed thank you cards," and again, that's BS. So yeah. I'll I'll go down to Target or Hallmark and I'll come back with generic thank you cards. I said a customer doesn't care if your logo is on the card. What they care about is what you write inside. Sure. And and so, yeah, there's you you get a, a lot of excuses um, why you why you can't do it, um, but. There's, uh, I, I would tell you, there's, there's a few tricks to it, to doing it and doing it well. And, and a couple of those that I'll, I'll just mention here is, is first and foremost, I, I have a, 
uh, an HVAC company that I like to use that they I've talked about them at some of our training. Yeah. They used to be Uptown Plumbing and Heating. Now they are Hero Plumbing and Heating. So they've made themselves the hero of the story, <laughs> not the customer. Yeah. And I know that's a complete different podcast episode yeah, for yeah. us on that topic. But every time they do service for us, and I, and I love them, but every time they do service, I get a generic handwritten note without my name on it that just says, thank you so much for letting us be the hero in your home. And and it's this. I think it's the same person in the office that writes it because it's the same handwriting. Yeah. And it would take just 10 seconds to look at the computer and go, dear Tim, thank you for letting Kevin do the work on your house. Yeah. And, and now I know it's at least been thought about and personalized yeah. at that point, right? So so you want to personalize it. So what does that mean for our business? Well, if a customer comes in and says they're looking at an outdoor fireplace as part of a landscape remodel they're doing for their son's graduation party in the spring. Yeah. Well, mention that in the card, right? Just say, happy you came in today, so happy to meet. And this is, by the way, this is before you've sold it. Sure. Just say, happy you came in today. We look forward to being part of your remodel for your son for your son's graduation yeah. party, right? And and meant or mention something that they said in the conversation. Yep. And and so that they know you're paying attention and you're tuned in. Yeah, we had a great one. I don't think I've told this story in the podcast, but but we had a situation where we had some clients in the showroom once and they were looking at a at a remodel and they had they had three little kids that were just going crazy in the showroom. And they were great kids, but I mean they're you know, they're little kids in a fireplace showroom. And we were talking and, and they made a point of saying, you know, our house is like the three ring circus or the three act circus. And I said, How come? And they're like, Well, there's always something on fire. There's always someone climbing on something. And most likely someone else is trying to wrestle a lion. And they said, you know, that, and so we were laughing about that. You know, I got little kids and we're laughing about it. this. So, uh, but they were, they were trying to decide between gas and wood. They couldn't decide. So we we're showing them both options. And so what I did is after they left, I went and I got a thank you card and I'll confess, like I don't do this all the time. I need to get a lot better at this, but I went out and got a thank you card and I mailed it to their house because I had their address since I wrote up a proposal and I, I just said, hey, it was great meeting you guys today. I, I emailed over your proposal. Let me know whether you think gas or wood would be better for the final act of the three-act circus. And I sent it to him, you know. Perfect. Because I referenced it in the conversation that it was the three-act circus or the three-ring circus. Right. And, and it was something that I think that that is special. And I think that that makes a human connection that will separate you from everybody else. Now, this may not guarantee you're going to win the sale. And in this case here today, we're talking about gratitude as the step after the sale. But the idea that having a attitude of gratitude, as you said, throughout the entirety of the process is going to help you significantly. Sure. And and, and customers are spending several thousands of dollars with us, hopefully. And yeah. and it's a, it's a, 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 a purchase decision, which you've talked about many times on this podcast, that they, they're they not used to making. It's new to them. Yeah. And so it's logical that they're saying, you know, we just want to, we want to take a day or two and just think about it. Yeah. Now, if it's down between you and Gypsy Vandal dealer across town, and both of you have similar offers into them, similar price, similar sure. featured product, what if you're the one that that day after they left, you said, we would love to be part of your remodel in your home and have your home make your home comfortable and safe yeah. and warm for you. That card coming within the next day or two, and by the way, speed is important, yeah. especially in that situation. So so have a sense of urgency about it. What if that card is that, that you could spend 50 cents on a stamp? It could be the tiebreaker for a sale worth several thousand dollars. Totally, totally. Well, and so this is awesome because this is talking about it 
throughout the sales process, but I, I want to drill down and speak specifically to after the sales been made. Tim, why is it so beneficial to show gratitude after the sale has been made in particular to a customer? Well, I, I think um, you, you you would assume that people would, would automatically show gratitude when a sale is made, but that assumption no longer holds today. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you and I have talked in the past before about how we've sort of lost as a as, as a civilization and and certainly in this country we've, we've lost some of our social graces yeah and we've just lost some of the professionalism of what I call just being polite and and saying thank you for trusting us to put the fire in your home on purpose um, because we when you do that a lot a lot of things can happen that person may not be. Uh, the only sale you make to them because they're going to have neighbors and friends that come over and look at a remodel. Yep. And and they may work for somebody who is involved in real estate. Maybe their real, realtor may be across the street. Yeah. And realtors are, are I think, in, in my mind, they're, they're an underappreciated source for leads for hearth retailers. Sure. Because you're trying to close a house. You got an old masonry fireplace that maybe got failed on the chimney got failed on the inspection. Yeah. Well, you can spend a few grand on a reliner, but why don't we do it on an insert? And then you've got really something to, to talk about when, when you sell that house. Yeah, totally. And I think that honestly, winning the referral is something that I don't know many, I don't even know if I know any companies that have totally figured this out. I mean, but you think about this and, and this just comes straight out of your playbook. I feel like I'm, I'm quoting you here. You talk about, is it easier or harder? to win a sale that's been referred to you. Okay, I'm the teacher, you're the student. Tim, is it easier or harder to win a sale? I, I got to believe it's easier to win somebody that's been referred. Okay, okay. So humor me. Okay, so if it's easier, yeah. do you find that when you're talking to someone who's been referred to you, do you tend to sell to them in more time or less time than the average customer? I, I would think if they've been referred to you, they trust you and it should take less time. <laughs> that's amazing, Tim. Seems, this is, seems logical. Yeah. And do you find that people who have been referred to you and trust you, so it doesn't take as much time. Do they tend to spend more money or less money with you? I think they're comfortable, their guards down, and they're going to spend a lot more money. So we know this is true. We do. I, we know this is true. But now I'm, I'm pointing the finger back at myself. How often do we spend intentional time thinking about a proven, repeatable system to get referrals? And I think it's something that we got to be thinking about. I'm just speaking honestly that especially as we're talking about this, that the reason you show gratitude, a big part of it is that you want to be able to be gracious to other people, to their friends, to their family, to their neighbors who could use this amazing life-changing service that we offer. And I think that it's it's an opportunity that companies that that have this figured out, they can save a ton in marketing because they got a word of mouth network that's going to spread like wildfire. They they, they can. And the, the, the brain is a funny place. And uh, I think you've been in some of the training classes when we've brought up this topic, but because, and I'll ask dealers or distributors, I'll say, when was the last time you had a referred sale? And they, and it's always recent, right? Yeah. They, they say, well, it's been the last week or yesterday, or I just got one on my phone when we were at break. And I said, that's great because that means they do good work, right? And I said, now let me ask you one other question. Did you ask for it or did it just come in? And then they look at their shoes, right? Yeah. Because now they know they're caught. Because the referral came in, and because referrals come in, we don't think to ask for them. Sure, and that's goofy. Yeah, and and this whole the whole gratitude thing, Tim, and, and you know, we 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 talked about the gratitude after the sale. You could almost make a case of backing that up be, before the sale, 
And I'm going to talk specifically to dealer owners and and leaders right now and distributor owners. Herb Kelleher, who was the founder and CEO of Southwest Airlines, had a great quote that I loved. He says, you cannot expect your people to treat your customers better than you're willing to treat your people. Wow. And and so what, what, what that meant was owners need to show gratitude to their team as well. Yeah. At first, first and foremost, right? This is a seasonal business. Your people work their butts off in season. Yeah. So recognize for that. And, and don't, don't just go, well, they made more commissions, so that's their – no, that's not – people People want recognition from the owner. Send them movie tickets. Send yeah. them dinner tickets. Send send flowers to the house, to their spouse saying, I know that, that he's spending ungodly hours here. Be, be appreciative – in that time, yep. I, I I had some. I just got invited. I got invited recently, Tim, to a a closed uh, Facebook group of hearth professionals, and there's 600 people on there. And I started reading some of the stuff on there. It was embarrassing what's on there. Hmm. Owners of dealerships, owners of distributorships, mocking and talking about how stupid consumers are. Wow. And and. Make no mistake, your team sees that. If yeah. you're going to post it on Facebook, I'm pretty sure you're talking about it in the office. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So as the owner of a dealer, you got to step up and set an example. Yep. And if you're going to post on Facebook about how stupid consumers are, you've given your team total license to not show gratitude yeah. to those consumers when they come in, whether they buy or not. Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. So let's think about this. What are some ways that companies can just tangibly and practically show gratitude to customers after they have purchased from them? Sure. Um, and, and maybe we'll kind of take this a couple different yeah. ways on, yeah. on retail and, and new construction, right? I think we've all, we've, we've kind of flogged the, the handwritten note thing, thing already, but here's, here's something that, that, that scores every time. And it kind of ties in a little bit to what you said about the three ring circus thing. Do something for their kids. Mm. If if you are uh, advertising or a sponsor of maybe the local college team, yeah, and your customer mentions that their son or their daughter is just a diehard fan, well, maybe leverage your sponsorship into getting an autographed item from the coach yeah. or from somebody, right? If if they mention that their son is just graduating from college and has an accounting degree, make the offer to say, well, would you like me to introduce him to our accounting firm? Yeah. Right. You doing something for their kids goes miles and miles and miles. I never would have guessed that you would, you would have said that, but it makes so much sense. I mean, for me, I've got a three and a half year old daughter and just over a year old son. And if someone shows an investment in my kids that's genuine, man, like, they, they win a lot of points. They win a lot of points. Yeah, and because it, it, it now to now to do that, here's what here's what you have to do to play that game. You have to have asked some insightful questions during the the the, the, the problem solving sure. process, right? Yeah. The problem discovery process, and you've had to hear their story about their family, and you've got them talking about their family. That that means they've opened up to you and trusted you. Yeah. If they're talking about their family. Yep. Right. So you've done something right to be able to get that knowledge. Yep. Now use the knowledge. And, and actually, I don't want to say use it like it's like it's some type of leverage on the customer, but use it to be a decent human being. Oh, totally. And recognize they've got family people that are family members that are really important to them. 
and try and and pull that into whole the you know the whole the whole gratitude. Thing. Oh yeah, well you know, and what I think about is one of the things that I'm really big on is I love sending five dollar Starbucks cards. So my goal is that. I try to buy them in like $200 increments at a time. So like if you rob me, you're probably going to get like $175 worth of $5 Starbucks cards in my backpack. Right. But I think that even a $5 Starbucks card, it, it means something. And I think it's because in today's world, we're moving faster and faster and faster. And, and Tim, you talk about this all the time. I mean, you're the one that gave me slow is fast for the podcast. And as we're moving faster and faster, get me to the next customer, get me to the next situation. And, and yeah, we want to go fast. We want to be efficient and all that stuff. But to have somebody slow down and say, hey, thank you. I just I wanted to get you a, a cup of coffee. It, it really means a lot that you did business with me. And I'm telling you, like that doesn't happen to me. People do not send me five dollars Starbucks cards in the mail. They don't. Do they send them to you? No, no. no. But that probably more a reflection on me than them is. What I'm, <laughs> that's what that's what I'm going to go with there. Yeah. So I I think that there's creative ways. I mean, whether it's a five dollars Starbucks card or or if if someone comes in and they were referred by their friends or their neighbors, man, I mean. Send them 50 bucks on like to Amazon or Target or, you know, a Visa card, whatever it is. I mean, sure. if someone buys a $5,000 fireplace from you, you can afford 50 bucks to send to the person that, that referred them and just say, thank you. This means a lot. And I mean, how blown away would you be if just you got a note in the mail saying, hey, thanks, Tim, for referring your, your sister to this HBAC company. We really appreciate it. Here's 50 bucks at Target. Hope you can enjoy it. See, I, I like that. I like that better. Then I know that some some customers out there they they basically advertise that you know so they're like putting a bounty on it. I'd rather it come as a surprise like that because 100%. they they did it out of the goodness of their heart. Going, we loved what Tim Reed did for our home, yep. and so we're going to tell our friends and family about it because we love our friends and yeah. family. Yeah, and so when they do it altruistically out of just their goodness of their heart, and then they get a bonus at the end. That that's a score. Yeah, right. And and it doesn't have to be all the big time stuff. I know we we have a, a customer uh, in in the Magnates in, in Pittsburgh that uh, one of the things that I was taking is they used to, to have little brass crickets and it was the old English uh, story about yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a cricket on yeah, the hearth yeah. is, is good luck, yeah. right? But I thought that was kind of cute and clever. Leave um, you know you know have your start your guy your service techs at startup. Have them have dog treats and cat treats there. Now, oh, now ask first, right? Sure, sure. You don't want the dog puking on the carpet. Yeah, That'd be yeah, a bad yeah. thing, but always ask for it. Same with, you know, maybe just leave. I like leaving a green, uh, maybe just bring in a green plant. But again, there are some plants that are pet safe. Others yeah. aren't. But a plant lasts longer than just flowers in a vase. So leave a green plant for, for on the hearth. Yeah. So Okay. So TR, so we sat together in Bridget Brennan's class at the HHT Summer Summit, and she was talking about how do you build an experience like this? And, and the class wasn't specifically on gratitude, but it really plays into this. And one thing that our group brainstormed is, is this idea. I want to throw this out there because it's crazy. But like, what if when someone bought a fireplace, you offered to come in and take family pictures for them in front of it? Because I think about that, like, say everyone's everyone knows somebody who's a freelance photographer for not that much money. You can get them to come in and shoot pictures. But we are always looking for family pictures to get taken. And guess what? They're going to go on our wall and they don't go away. Yeah. What do you think about that idea? I, I love that. I think it's a, it's an outstanding idea. And, you know, you you talk about synergy. You can find another small business person that owns a photography business. And, you know, he or she may cut you a deal on the one fa- the one family shot. Sure. But then they might be able to just, while they're in the house, they may be able to get an entire photo shoot and sell a pack. They can sell a package then to that family. Yeah. Because you got a photographer there who doesn't want more pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. 
Okay, so Tim, I want to dive deep on this and let's talk specifically about builders. What is something that a business can be doing if they want to be showing gratitude to builders specifically? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, because it's a little bit different than than consumers, right? With with builders, you you have people that you work with inside the builders organization and you have to thank them professionally and you have to thank them personally. And, and here's the difference. If you want to show gratitude to your contact within the builder's organization professionally, the, the best thing you can do to show them gratitude is bring them a home buyer. Mm. Connect them with someone that will buy one of their homes. Yeah. Or if it's a custom home builder, connect them with, with one of your friends or maybe your attorney yeah. or your accountant, your doctor. Yeah. Right? Be that connective tissue that ties them to a sale. That's the best way you can show gratitude is help them sell sell a house. Um, you can promote their brand on social media. Yes, you can. You you know with with your Instagram account or your Facebook account, you can say, "Look at this great fireplace we did for Reed Custom Home Builders," right? And help promote their brand and their designs online. You know, I'm I'm going to stop you right there. So so there's a friend that I met named Tom Ellerbrook, and I met him at Bradley Hartman's Sales Fundamentals Workshop last year. And he is a representative of like building supply products in the Northeast. And he has made an entire Instagram account going to job sites and highlighting people that are doing good work. He's got like thousands of followers. And all he does is he goes around and he highlights people doing good work. I love that you said that. That's amazing. Yeah, well, and, and Tom, I, I've heard Tom on on Bradley's podcast. He's he's a smart cookie, and so that you, I, I'm not surprised that he's doing that. Uh, the other thing you can do that shows gratitude and appreciation for builders solve a problem for them other than a hearth problem. Yeah, there you go. Right? If if they're having issues with one of their other trades, if it's a flooring issue, if you know, if if you know someone that can get be a resource for them. Help them out that way. Show yeah. them show them that you play wider than just being their their hearth person. And then the last thing you can do for them professionally is make them look smart inside their organization. Mm. Right? Make them look good for choosing you as their trade. Totally. Partner. Now those are things you can do professionally. Personally, now it goes back to a lot of the same things we talked about for retail. The people within a builder's organization still appreciate handwritten notes. Yep. Now, here's the difference, though. You may meet with two or three people at once in a home builder's uh, organization at a meeting. Mix up their notes a little bit. Don't say the exact same thing to all three of them. Yeah. Comment on something that each of them said in the meeting so it's specific to them. Yep. Right? Don't just look like it's a cookie cutter because they, they may kind of compare notes on that. And then uh, also, it's the the last thing I'll talk about on this is we all hear about the golden rule. But I want to pull into play the platinum rule. Okay. And the platinum rule, you know, the golden rule, we all know that. Treat sure. everybody as we want to be treated. Platinum rule is treat others as they want to be treated. Mm. So that's a, that takes a little higher level of, of intelligence and, and uh, thinking because now you have to understand. I have to understand what's important to Tim Reed. Yeah. If somebody gives me tickets to the opera – <laughs> that's not gratitude because yeah. I don't like opera. I don't even like people that do like opera. Yeah. <laughs> so that when you, if you try and give me tickets to the opera. It's like, don't invite me fishing. Don't invite me fishing. Is that your thing? Oh, I mean. You, you like, hate to fish? I mean, it, if I have to, it's fine. But like, it's right. not what I would pick to do on my list of things. Okay. So what, so if somebody takes you on a fishing trip, what is that base? What they're saying, what they're communicating to you is, I don't know you. Yeah. 
I don't know you. And so the platinum rule, you have to understand the customer well enough to know what do they dig, what are they into, and then put your gratitude around that. There you go. Hey, we'll be right back with that interview with Tim Rethlick. But first, I want to tell you about something I've been thinking a lot about. Most companies in our industry today have a serious problem with their website that actually turns into a money-wasting marketing cycle. Here's what happens. First, companies will spend thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars marketing to potential customers about their products. Next, that marketing sends customers to a website that doesn't engage them at all with their brand or collect any information for a lead. So third, the customer ends up leaving the website with no connection to that brand only to buy elsewhere. What this is, it's like going fishing with a net that has a giant hole in it. So I've been working on a video series that I want to share with you that's going to teach you about three reasons your website is leaking money and give you some insight as to what to do about it. Now, this is totally free and I want to send it to you. So go to yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com and you can sign up to get these videos sent straight to your inbox. That's yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. Seriously, most websites in our industry are leaking money and wasting thousands and thousands of marketing dollars, but you can patch the hole by going to yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. So I truly believe, I think one of the hardest things in the sales process is gratitude because what it does is it requires three things to happen. One is attention to detail like we've talked about. You have to understand something unique and personal about the customer. But number two is discipline and number three is patience. And I I think that means that showing gratitude doesn't happen randomly, does it? It's it's, it's more like a muscle that you got to build over time. It, 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 It has to be intentional because gratitude is one of those things, Tim, that it's important, but it's not urgent. You don't have to show gratitude, right? But it's, it's certainly important that you do. And so as the business owner, here's a few things that I think you have to keep in, in your pointy little head. And that's that you've got to model it yourself. You can't tell your, your staff and your team to show gratitude. you got to show and tell. Yeah. And so that kind of goes back to what I was saying about that Facebook group that yeah. I felt a little uncomfortable sure. about. Um, and you have to have a process around it. Have some professional logoed cards have it there where your staff can find it. Have the stamps. Don't use a postage. Meter. Yeah. That's kind of impersonal, right? Sure. But just tell them. That my expectation is you guys crank out X amount a week of thank you cards, yep. whether it's to a current customer that came in. Maybe it's sending an anniversary card to someone. Yeah. Who, and, and, then, and then as the owner, catch your, catch your team doing something right in gratitude yeah. through the process. Now, it doesn't have to just be after the sale. They can say, thank you so much for coming to our store, right? That's gratitude. Yeah. You haven't even quoted anything yet. Yeah. Thank you for coming to our store. Um, how about thank you for being patient? This is the middle of our season. I know you've been waiting for a long time. So thank you for the 20 minutes you waited. I'm so happy to talk to you. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. Have that ear as an owner to listen to those words, thank you, come out of your staff's mouth so that you're, so you're hearing that. Yeah. And, and I think, I really think it is a muscle. They talk about these gratitude exercises. So a while back, a number of years ago, we had a team member that was having a really hard time with his job. And as I talked to him, a lot of it was between his ears. And what we talked about is I assigned him to do a gratitude journal. So every morning when he came to work for, I mean, honestly, a month and a half, he had to write down and email me three things that he was thankful for about the company. And 
sure he had problems at work and he could you know talk about those frustrations at other points but he had he, he had to be able to find three things he was grateful for and you know what after a month and a half it was amazing how that had actually rewired his brain to where some of those issues he was concerned about weren't such a big deal after all that's strong I like that. Well, so the reason that I talked about those three things about about uh, discipline, about patience, and about attention to detail is is I really do think it's a muscle. And the reason that I talked about patience is because I think that showing gratitude is really about the long game. I mean, I, I'm convinced that if you make the commitment to send every customer that buys a fireplace from you a $5 Starbucks card, I think that's one of the best marketing investments you can make in your business, period. But it might be five years before you see a return. You have no idea when the return is on that. Why would making that investment still be worth it when you don't know if and when it's going to return? Great, great question because you can't guarantee an ROI. There's no hard metric on it. But I've got a crazy story about patience and longevity that is just it's, it's nuts. When when I was a much younger fireplace sales rep working New Orleans. And I, I remember calling on a young, pretty young purchasing agent for a builder down in New Orleans. And we got talking about the fact that we both like to cook. And so he had told me that he still had his mom's recipe index box where he had all his, all his recipes on index cards. So when I sent him a thank you note for, um, for meeting with me, I, I said one of my favorite recipes was my mom's meatloaf recipe. So I wrote that recipe on a three by five card and yeah. sent it to him. Well, he sent me back then on a three by five card, a recipe for New Orleans barbecued shrimp, which no is, way. you know, with that, with head on and the, you know, the whole garlic salt, and the butter and everything. So that was a good little story. Now, now fast forward literally a decade, 10 years later. Wow. He walks into our booth at the IBS. And he has my card from 10 years ago. And he asked one of my associates, does this guy still work here? And he says, yeah, he's right over there. So he comes over and, and he introduces. And, and I thank God I, I caught myself enough that I acted. I pretended like I remembered him from yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. But he had my card. And I, and I go, yeah, of course I remember you. What he was at the time he walked in the booth was the regional vice president of construction in the Southwest for one of our national home builders. Eight divisions, 3,000 homes. <laughs> and he said, my divisions are all over the place. It's driving me crazy. I need somebody to tell me what's the right fireplace we should be using and get me some sanity and consistency across my divisions. Can you help me with that? And you said, yes, sir, I can. <laughs> I said, I believe we can. Yes, we can. Wow. A that, decade later. Wow. That was awesome. And even if it wouldn't have panned out, it's still the right thing to do. It was still the right thing to do. Sure. Oh man, that's so good. Okay, so let, let's brainstorm this a little bit. So, what if what if you're somebody that maybe sells things besides fireplaces? So, say you sell barbecues, or say that you're selling to builders. What, does this look different for different books of business? Yeah, good good segue because we were just talking about cooking. I, yeah. I, I uh, I'm jealous of of our brethren over in the the barbecue business because that that's pretty fun, right? I sure. Mean, all the all these high tech smokers and all this cool stuff going on now. But I, you know, I think if you and many of the dealers listening to this probably are in the barbecue category, yeah, right. And so you've got a lot of opportunity for gratitude there. You know, there's there's the obvious ones that if you have a a local chef that you know maybe you can do maybe they've published a cookbook and you can get an autographed cookbook. You know, some things like that. Um, 
But also, if it's a big enough sale, maybe you invite the you 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 bring a chef to their house, or maybe you, yeah. I know a lot of the dealers are very very good cooks themselves, mm-hmm. right? I know I know one of your buddies, Grant Falco. Yeah. I've, been, I've been looking at his Instagram I know, feed, and, yeah. and I get I get hungry every time I see it. Uh, but many of the dealer owners and staff are very good cooks. So maybe if you've got someone that just bought a, a very expensive uh, outdoor kitchen or grill set. Offer to come over and say, invite your friends. I'll bring the steaks. You buy the beer. Maybe I'll bring the beer. You know, yeah. however you want to work it out. But but offer that up, and then it, but it doesn't have to be anything that grand grand either. You can just do the small things, do the aprons, do the utensils, and do the the you know the the meat probes, the thermometer probes. But don't don't be grand in how you do it. Just maybe when your guys deliver the grill. Put those free gratitude things, tuck them inside the grill. Oh, man. So the yeah. customer sees it when you're not there. Oh, right? Man. Yeah. And it's kind of a surprise at that point. I, I, I like the surprise gratitude Dude, yeah. rather than the obvious, hey, aren't I great? Look at the free stuff yes. I'm giving you. I like the humility uh, that's involved in genuine gratitude. Yes. And, and I'm with you. It's surprise and delight. If you can surprise and delight every step of the way, you're going to win. And I, I think what that does, so that that forges a human connection. And in today's world, as we've got the world of Amazon and Uber and Lyft, our world is becoming more and more transactional. And 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 there's that's not all bad. There's there's you know commodities that we want to be quick and fast and easy, and that's fine. But there is a point where every single one of us is a human being that wants a deeper connection to be known and to be heard. I'm just imagining like if I buy a new barbecue, like the personalized apron is such a good idea. I mean, if I open up my barbecue. And I open it, I've got a personalized apron with my name on it. Like, that means something to me. That really does. And I think that winning that human connection is going to set you apart from anybody else, isn't it? Uh, no, no doubt. And and as we move to a digital experience in everything, we still are, have analog souls. And yeah. we, still, we still yearn for face-to-face, people-to-people contact. And, and that's the advantage that specialty retailers have over any type of online is that we, we still, as human animals, need interaction and connection. And from that comes stories. And from stories come referrals. Yeah, that's really good. Well, so TR, rounding out this conversation, I feel like a lot of people today don't have a heart of gratitude. I'm thinking back to what you mentioned about that Facebook group. And, you know, it's so easy to become a cynic. And and I would say when you're a cynic, it is very hard to have gratitude coexist. I mean, they, they seem to be mutually exclusive. And and I, I want to ask you as we, as we round out here, what is the relationship between gratitude and cynicism? And why does having a heart of gratitude set you up for success in a way that cynicism doesn't? Yeah, good, good closing question because I think it bookends well with our opening comments about, you know, do you come at this from an abundance mentality or a scarcity mentality? And um, there, there's another um, concept that, that Dr. Covey taught, and that was the concept of the transitional figure, that a lot of times um, people get negative uh, energy put towards them, and then they just basically – reflect that and transfer it to somebody else. So so the negativity they receive gives them license to go be negative somewhere else. Yeah. Those people by nature become cynics 
right? Because they think that they're, they're not, not only is their glass half empty, nobody gave me a glass to start with, right? Yep. And, and so transition figures, though, on the other hand, uh, are ones that take the negative uh, energy and they reflect that back in a positive reflection. And that's someone that has to be, that they have to have a, a mindset that's proactive. We, we've talked uh, on, on previous podcast episodes about proactivity is, is the mindset that, that tomorrow can be better to, than today. And I've got the freedom to make it so. Yeah. And I don't want to be repetitive on your episodes, but that one's important enough to repeat. Yeah. Because it is so darn important to just this whole mindset of, and, 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 and we've also talked about that you're not a different kind of person at work than you are at home. And if you're, a, if you're an ungracious person at home, you're not going to be a gracious person at work yeah. and vice versa. There's not a switch inside that we can flip. Yeah. Right. That, that we're one person when we're at work and one person when we're not. So, uh, I, th- I think you, 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 you hire for it as an owner. You can tell when somebody comes in, if, if they, if they tend to be a little more on airing on the positive side, leaning to the positive side, and you certainly have to model it as, as a business owner. Yeah, I'm with you. And I just think there's there's such tremendous power in that. I think that the reason people become cynics is because it's safe. They they think it can protect them, but it's a short-term protection. That when you're a cynic and you wall yourself off from possibility, I think it I think it it limits sure in 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 the short term how much you can be hurt, but I think it also limits long term what you can actually do. And I think that having a heart of gratitude, which really comes into thankfulness, like if you have a heart of thankfulness for what you have, for what you've been given, for where you are, I think that that sets you up to not be afraid to take on more opportunities in a way that when you've got it, you know, bottled up inside, you're holding on to what's yours, you're worried about protecting my own, protecting my rights, and whatever it is. I think that that is a race to the bottom where a heart of gratitude is able to just take you further than ever. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. And, and there's, a, there's a Lincoln quote that I love where he said, I'd rather trust people and be disappointed once in a while than not trust and be miserable every day. <laughs> and when you're cynical, you're miserable every day. I love it. TR, man, we are so appreciative of you coming back on the podcast. Thanks so much for your time. You're seriously dropping knowledge bombs. And I'm telling you, I get emails from literally all over the country asking for more of your content. So thank you for being here today. Well, Tim, always great to be with you. And this has been another good experience. All right. See you later. Wow. I hope you got as much value out of that conversation as I did. It was really fun getting to hang out and drink a little bit of whiskey with Tim Rethlake while we talked about gratitude. So that's it, guys. I mean, seriously, I just laid my cards on the table. Those are the seven steps of the sales process that I use. I mean, in virtually every interaction I have, every time I go to teach on sales, these are the seven steps. And it's really important to me that it's given away for free on the podcast because I think there's some things in here that you can start doing that will move the needle in your company and help your sales team get to where they've never been before. So after listening to this, the question really is, what now? And here's the answer. Practice. Practice over and over and over again. Bradley Hartman talks about the fact that sales is a perishable skill. And it's really the truth. 
understanding a sales process like this gives such clarity to what you do, you'll find that you're actually able to focus better on listening and understanding and making observations and thinking outside the box because you're not worried about what to do next. And you got to practice it on repeat to be excellent. So what I would do with your sales teams is I would start practicing on a regular basis. I mean, honestly, I would start every other week for an hour, meet with your teams and talk through real life sales scenarios and work through these steps and give feedback and criticism where you need to grow. But there's no big secret here. It's taking these seven steps and doing it on repeat again and again and again until it becomes as natural as breathing. Now, I've taught this sales course in different parts of the country, and and usually when I teach it, I mean, we spend like four to five hours on this. We do live practice. I have worksheets, and and it's really, really in-depth, but sometimes people push back and they say, well, I don't want to use a sales process. I I don't want to make robots, and the truth is this will not make anybody a robot. But like I mentioned earlier in the season, what this is doing is it's painting lines on the court so that everyone is playing the same game. So I hope that these steps have been helpful for you. I'm telling you, if you use them again and again and again, it'll make a wild difference in your success as a salesperson. Now, I hope that everybody went and downloaded my video course at yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. And I'm just going to lay my cards on the table a little bit. So way before I got the idea for the podcast, about three years ago, I really started thinking hard about this problem with our websites. I mean, it is a really, really big deal. So for the last three years, I've honestly been trying to work on something that I think is the solution to it, but it really culminates in the information in these videos. And so when you watch them, I'm not hiding anything. I'm I'm telling you honestly what I've been thinking about for the last three years, and I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do with your website in order to patch the leak and start making your marketing dollars work for you. And I know these videos can really help you do that. Now, again, just in the spirit of transparency, if you need help with that, I've been working for the last three years on building a product that can patch those holes and start making your marketing dollars work for you. And that's something that you can choose to get from me or not. But Either way, the information in these videos is exactly what you need to do. So my hope is that it shows you what you need to do. And if you're able to do that on your own, man, that's awesome. Go do it. But if you need help, I've got the solution for you. So with that in mind, go to yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com and download the free videos. You're going to get a ton of value out of it. And next week, we're going to jump back into normal episodes of the podcast for the rest of the season. I've got some guests that I am super excited to bring on, and I know that you guys are going to get a ton of value. So as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I just, I'm so excited at the emails I'm getting about how the content here is helping you move the needle. I hope this week you can go out and use this sales process to be a blessing to your customers. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.